0: All right, spiritual warfare already this morning. My printer wouldn't work, mics aren't working, my hair's all messed up. So if uh, you're wondering, I'm not Thomas. Uh, Thomas is uh, at Renew Church in uh, Durham. It's uh, one of the churches that we've uh, helped support uh, with um, the uh, Eastern Carolina Men's Fellowship. trying to uh, plant and grow new churches uh, Eastern North Carolina so he's in Durham today. Um, I think it's their first service there so um, he uh, I had spoken to him a couple of months ago about if he needed a break and uh, he called me about preaching today so and uh, today is, is talking about a life worthy of the gospel and I man don't feel worthy to be up here talking to you guys but uh, I'm gonna do my best. So we've been talking um, in the book of Philippians, um, Paul is in prison, and he's writing letters um, to the people of Philippi. And uh, this, um, this town in particular is a military town. It's kind of like you think of Fayetteville or um, Fort Bragg area in Fayetteville or um, Camp Lejeune, um, those areas, you know, they're military towns. A lot of people who, who retire from the military, they stick around because that's their comfort place. That's the place that they know and, and they, uh, they've been so many years. So he's, he's talking to Christians uh, who living in these military towns? These people who are they're loyal uh, to the Roman Empire, and uh, he's preaching the gospel of Christ, which is a different a different king. And um, so you can imagine um, how people feel about that. Can you imagine being you know you're you're an American and you got someone who moves in beside of you, and they're uh, they're saying that hey um, your president's not my president, and I serve somebody greater than that. It can it would be something that would be. Um, uh, hard for you to, to grasp, um, but that is the spiritual, But I mean, that, that is the physical realm, what Paul's talking about is the spiritual realm, and uh, he talks about in uh, Philippians 1, 27 and 30 is what we're going through today, a, a life worthy of the gospel, um, this is the New Living Translation, it says, um, New International Version, I'm sorry, whatever happens, whatever happens, Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ not only to believe in Him, not only to believe, but also to suffer for him, since you were going through the same struggles you saw I had, and now here that I still have. So Paul is telling us we need to live in a manner. You can leave it up, Cynthia, if you like. Just go back. Um, a manner worthy, worthy of the gospel. So we look up worthy and what worthy means. So worthy. Um, is uh, it means to have or showing the qualities or abilities that merit recognition, um, worthy of further consideration, deserving effort, attention, or respect. So when I say some names, these are what I think of when I think of worthy, like Billy Graham. You know that's a worthy name. Charles Stanley. Uh, I think of you know America you know, of how we came in, came into existence and what we stand for. Um, I think of, you know, you think of vehicles that you drive, the, the brand name, Ford, Chevrolet, you know I mean? You think of the worthiness of those names are dependable. And, uh, of course, I think of Jesus, right? The song we sang earlier, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. I mean, there's no greater name Laney spoke to, spoke earlier about every knee and every, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. The, the most worthiest name there is out there. And you think of things that are unworthy, that, you know, or not, um, respectable. You know, I, my daughter, uh, she, she makes, makes me laugh when something breaks. She's like, Get me a guess, made in China. Well, yes, the way we feel about a lot of things made in China is that, um, that it's not dependable, you know, that it breaks easily. Um, You think of politicians, right? Um, Not all of them are crooked, but a lot of them have been and have destroyed their name, politician. You say IRS, I mean, people, you know, uh, they shudder in thinking of of, of being audited and what that would do. Um, Say the name Muhammad, how does that make you feel? It's holy difference, light and darkness when you say the name of Jesus and how you feel about that, um, especially as a Christian. Um, so <clears throat> Paul is talking here about being a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. And a lot, I know there's a lot of this is football season and all. I'm not a big sports fan. Cynthia's grateful that I don't watch football and basketball for hours and hours on the end. But yet I have the respect for it. I played growing up. And I know what it it took to not make it to the national championships by any means, but, you know, the daily grind in in athletics to build my body up, to to build up to where we can, um, you know, play against another team, right? And that's what Paul is talking about here when he says, you know, he wants us to to strive together in the faith. Strive together as a team, team effort. Um, It's not just journey church. It's not just... Uh, your family, in particular, this is talking about the body of Christ. And it, <clears throat> Pop purposes here today, and Pop and I have talked a lot about this. About it's time to do away with the denominations. It's time to do away with the names, and we just be Christian. It's like we're so divided, just like in America, right? They're trying to divide us in so many ways. Um, I'm African American, or I'm you know Scottish American. I we're Americans, right? And that's the way it needs to be in the Christian faith. One body under one title. It's Christians coming to one person. That's Jesus. So it says striving together, stand firm. So you know how in athletes, you watch, you watch sports coming on, you got people who are the, the elites in the sports and they can be selfish. Say it's basketball and they are taking all the shots and they're missing, you know, or they may be making the shots, but it's not a team effort, right? And once you start winning games and once you start getting to the championship, it has to stop being an individual effort, and it has to be a team effort. Right? And we try to do, um, we try to live our lives as Christians, as individuals. And one person can't go up against a team. I'm telling you, we got a legion of uh, spiritual warfare, of demons coming against us every day. And there's no way we can do it on our own. That's why we got to come together as a body, come together as a team, and do this together. We can't do it alone. Um, And it says, you know, without being frightened. um, This is a scary world we live in right now. I think it's always been that way, but it's um, just more blatant. Uh, It's everywhere you look. Everybody has a cell phone and you just see so many things, you all the news. You may used to read a paper once a week and you get the news in one day a week. Now you get it every day, every 10 minutes. Or so you turn on the news and it can be 24 hours and it causes a lot of anxiety. And I was at that point at one time where my wife said, you know, you, you've got to do something. You've got to change. You've got, you've got to stop doing whatever it is you're doing because you are so anxious and worried And when I prayed about that, God spoke to me. The Holy Spirit spoke and said, Ernie, you can't change the world. Stop worrying about the world. You can't change the country. Stop worrying about the country. You can't change your state. You can't even make a difference in your community. But you know where you can make a difference at? At home. In your personal life. Changing me and working its way out towards others. And that's what we got to do as Christians. we got to change ourselves. And as we change, as we are consistent in the faith, and we, as we, as we live in a manner worthy of the gospel, we will change, and that will also change others around us. Um. So, we talked about what was worthy, what names were worthy. Um. So there's a there's a story. I don't have it on the slide, but there's a story in Matthew about a man. Jesus talks about a man, he talks about the kingdom of heaven, what the kingdom of heaven is like. And it's in Matthew 13, 44 through 46. And it talks about the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. And when a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, went and sold all he had and bought that field. And he said, And the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. So the treasure was so great. The guy, he's out in the field. I had another friend here today, Junius, uh, who likes to uh, go out and, and and search for treasure with a metal detector. You know, and he's got me involved in it. You know, and I, I I didn't think much of it at first, but now it's like, you know, we've only been once, but I can see after going and finding something. You know, how how exciting that is. And then when you find, can you imagine finding something that's more valuable than your entire estate, your home, your car, everything you have, and then burying it back and hiding it and then going home and selling everything you have to come back so you can get that one thing you found that's more valuable than all? Isn't it worth that? Wouldn't it be worth that? And that's what Jesus is saying the kingdom of heaven is like. It's giving up all you have in this life. Giving up all you have and living in a life worthy of the gospel. Because this life is so short. We worry about and we live and strive for this moment in time, right? Imagine a rope that goes from here to the, the back of the building and... This part of it, you can hardly see, right? This is this is what we're striving for, is this part of life. And we don't focus on the eternity. We focus on the here and now. Why? Why do we spend so much time worrying about the here and now and striving to, to step over top of people to gain positions in life and to to acquire things and tr- to, to feed our flesh, our fleshy desires? Why do we do that to give up? You know, why, why would it not be worth to give up those things for the treasures that God has waiting for us in heaven? Right? That's what Jesus is saying about the kingdom of God. <clears throat> so, what does it look like to have... One second. to live a life worthy, right? Paul talks about doing everything without grumbling. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. And that's what we live in right now. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky, as you hold firmly to the word of life, and then I will be able to boast from the day of Christ that I did not run in labor and labor in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you, so that you should be glad and rejoice with me. So, We talk about spiritual, spiritual fruits and things that aren't spiritual, living of the world. So what's God asking us to give up? Sexual immorality, pornography, impure, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, Hatred and discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions. We all have those. Dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So God is is asking us to live a life worthy. And these things aren't worthy of the kingdom of God. And if we live in a life worthy, this is how we know. Because God will give us his Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will produce fruit in our lives. So you need to ask this question about yourself today. Am I producing the fruit that God's looking for? Because Jesus came to the fig tree, I think it was in Matthew, and he looked for to get a, to get a fig off, and it didn't, any, it didn't produce a fig, and it didn't have any fruit on it. And Jesus cursed it, and it withered and died. And we have to be producing fruit. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Say it again. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So this is what you need to ask yourself today. Am I producing fruit? Do I have love for my fellow man, especially my brothers in Christ? Do I have peace? Am I living in anxiety, worried about things? If you live in anxiety and worry, I've learned that that's not trusting God. right? I don't want my children to be at home in a corner crying, and what's going on? We're worried about what we're going to eat. I'm going to provide for my children and my wife, and my kids. And God said, I'm going to provide for you. When you have anxiety and you worry, you don't trust God, you call him a liar. Patience. We can all use that. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. Um, we have to be producers of the fruit. We have to, and we can only do that with God. We can't do that in our flesh. So if you're living in the flesh, if you're living in this way of sexual immorality and impurity and hatred and discord, and you've got jealous fits on your your envy of your neighbor and what they have, and you have selfish ambitions, it's all about you. You're you're not being consistent in your Christian walk. You're one way right now on Sunday, and tomorrow. Friday night and Saturday night, you're different. God said that's not consistent. He wants you to be, Paul is like a general in the military, and he's in prison, and he's giving orders out. And as a good soldier, you, you listen and you obey his orders. And these people understand that from where they live in this military town. And he talks about putting on the armor of God in Ephesians. One second That's okay. In Ephesians six, you can look it up, it talks about spiritual warfare. We don't fight against the flesh. This is not a physical battle. This is a spiritual battle. You can feel it going on in our country right now. It is not a physical battle. It's not about going to the White House and buying more guns and protecting our family. This is about getting on our knees and going to God in prayer, asking for forgiveness of our sins, turning us from our wicked ways and back to Him so that He might save us, save our country, save our neighbors because it's so worthy, Jesus is so worthy, Jesus is so humble. He said, it's in uh, Philippians 2, which, Paul, which um, Thomas will talk about uh, in, in the coming weeks. But talking about Jesus in his very nature, he didn't consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself. He humbled himself as a man and came and even to humbled himself to even death on the cross. So that's what he's asking us to do. He's asking us to, to give up the, the things we have. Look, good things are not bad, I guess. You know, we have a nice home. We have, we have clothes. We have a car. But we cannot worship those things. We cannot we cannot, Christ is that treasure in the field. He's worthy of selling it all, of getting rid of it all, and following him. We can't pursue those passions without him being the focus. Because if we do that, they become idle. idol, right? Um, so the armor of God. It's in Ephesians six ten through 17. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. This is spiritual warfare. We need to think about this every day. So when you take the stand against the devil's schemes, for our struggles are not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against authorities, against powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm. Paul talks about that in in earlier in, in Philippians stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted for readiness And come in the gospel of, that comes from the gospel of peace in addition to all this take up the shield of faith which you can extinguish all the flames and arrows of evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the sword of the word of god so god He's looking for sharpshooters. He's looking for snipers. He's looking for people to go out, as we say here at Journey Church, each one reach one. Find one. Make a difference. Talk to them about how God's changed your life. Who you were before you met Christ. And who you are after Christ. Right? (laughs) What year is it? 2023 A.D., right? B.C., Before Christ, AD, after death. There's He made such an impact in the world that even time revolves around him. No other person in history has made that kind of impact. But God's looking for sharpshooters. He's not looking for machine gunners. Going out and spraying the gospel in a way that is not for him. And it's it's about you. It's, It's not about me. This up here, you know, however I sound up here today, yes, I'm nervous, but it isn't about me. There's one person that I'll speak to today that will make a difference. And you know what? It may just be myself because it blessed me to be able to study the God's Word. It, changed, it changes my thoughts. And God's, God's crying out to you guys saying, it's September 10th. Today's September 10th. September 11th is tomorrow. Okay, not just in the physical realm, but in the spiritual realm. September 11th is coming. Your 911 is coming, and either you're going to be on the side of those, like the firefighters who went into the the buildings, and there was how many thousands of people were saved because those firefighters came in and helped them, showed them the way out. Jesus says, "I am the way." the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by Him. But if if the ones who did not listen, the ones who said, the building's not going to crash, I want to stay where I am, they didn't put their faith and trust in those guys who knew better. They perished. And that's what God is saying to you right now. He's saying, come, I know the way, the way to eternal life. Because this life, all the things that you are, you are striving for are going to fade away. The only thing that's going to last forever is that one person that you reach. And that person that they reach. And that person that they reach and bring them in. It's like the firefighters they're calling out, hey, you know, it's dark in here. I'm over here. You got that one guy, and he's got another guy, he's got another guy, and they pull each other out. Right? That's what we're here for. We're here to tell people that 9-11 is coming. The building's on fire. We can see it, and it's going to fall. It's going to fall. But people who put their faith and trust in man, they stay. And that's not what we put. Not, we shouldn't put our faith and trust in man, because man can only kill the body. Our faith and trust should be in God, who can kill the body and the soul in hell. <clears throat> John 3, 16, Cynthia, I think it's two slides over. It says, For for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son to the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. And I went on, it's not up there, But if you read 18, whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. So I plead with you today. The world's burning. It's going to be destroyed. God's coming to you at the greatest first responder that's ever came. Given his own life so that you can be set free. A good example. <clears throat> Regina Wilson worked for the fire department, FDNY, and she was there on 9-11. She told the news that she would turn to ground zero to help out the recovery efforts to search for the remains of victims every day for months after the attack, even on her day off. In a twist of fate, on 9-11, Wilson had switched schedules with a colleague on the morning of September 11th. That request came from her friend and mentor, John Chapur. She was supposed to work that day. And John was her mentor and a friend and asked if he do a swap. And of course she did. He He arrived at Ground Zero. It was one of the first trucks called out. And died trying to save people when the when the first tower collapsed. She says, I quote, I try to treat every life as a everyday life as a gift, to make sure I respect every day given to to me to honor and respect John's memory, to do something productive with my life, help others. I feel it would otherwise discredit a man who tried to help me. So that's what Paul is asking us to do here. Live a life worthy of the gospel. Live a life worthy of the gospel. As she's trying to do, live a life worthy of the man who gave his life in her place. And September 11th is special to me because that's one reason why I joined the military. I was convicted that I needed to serve my country. And while I was overseas, I met a man named Ernesto Blanco who was a captain, and I met him in church. Just like we meet you guys right here. It we went by Ernie. And we had an instant bond because my name's Ernie, if I hadn't told anybody yet. And uh, he played the guitar. And that's where my, my, I find my hope. Hope comes from the Lord, right? I was in a place that I had no idea. I faced death every minute of every day for nine months. And that was the time that I had peace is when I was in church with him, singing, praising God. Ernie went out to on a mission that he was given and he didn't ever he never came back. He was killed by a roadside bomb. And I dealt with survivor's guilt. Not because I was with him and he lived and I didn't, but because it was two Ernie's. He was a good man. Everybody loved him. December 24th. The day before Christmas, he got engaged over the internet to his fiance. December 28th, he gave his life. He died for his country. And I wear this bracelet because I want to be worthy of the name. And I'm not. But I strive every day, every day for Ernie and for Christ. And that's what I'm begging you guys to do. sacrifice these temporary pleasures. Give up the things that are holding you back and seek God because that is a treasure so much more valuable than anything here on Earth because it's all going to fade away. It's going to burn up. Look at Maui. It burned up, it faded away, it's gone. Everything's gone. Everything they acquired it's gone. Family, friends, vehicles, money. It's all faded away and gone. So what if you can't live up to that standard? Right? We strive and we fail. I failed this past week. Every time I try to do something for God, I try to be worthy of His name, I'm attacked spiritually. I was at a church a prayer group just a couple weeks ago we went out there five minutes and all the guys were standing around talking and I told a joke now it wasn't racial and it wasn't vulgar but it wasn't worthy of the name of Christian and I was convicted of that and I know many of you have got the same type of sins in your life we, 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 we leave here and five minutes later are doing something we know is not worthy of the name Christian. And that is why we take communion. It's what we're getting ready to do right now. Because in that time, in this time, is when we bow our heads and we give God the credit. You are worthy, Lord, because we are not. We fail every day. But because you are worthy and because of the shed blood that you had for us, you were the perfect sacrifice for what God asked for. You are worthy because no other name, no one else, by no other name under heaven is required to be saved. Only name of Jesus. And that's what that communion comes about. The cup represents his blood that he shed for us. He died in our place. And the body and the bread is his body represents is broken on the cross. So, I ask that you guys take it seriously. just as seriously as you take 9 11. I know you guys would not go to that memorial and discredit it and disgrace it. You go there with honor and respect. How much more so do we owe that to God? Closing prayer. Gracious Father in heaven, I pray that there's one person here today that has heard something that has been impactful, that is just. You get the glory for it, Father. Thank you for um, helping me with the, the nerves and the anxiety, and helping me get through, Lord. Just uh, sharing your gospel, sharing your word, Lord, because that's what we're here for. That's the most important thing. It's the most important treasure um, that I have ever found. Um, is is your Son, and you are so worthy. You're worthy of it all. You're worthy of uh, shame. You're worthy of the embarrassment. You're worthy of you know of standing. Um, Standing tall, Lord, and just taking whatever it is that the world throws at us, uh, your name is worthy. And Let us all uh, just think on you and know and give Your give our lives to you, Lord. Uh, let us sell, you know, get rid of the things, Lord, in our life that it's, it's not valuable and trade it all in for you. Thank you for your son. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you so much for your love and your grace and your mercy that flows over and over us each and every day. We love you, we thank you, and we pray all this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.